This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Welcome back to the Confident Collective Podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode. It is just me, Rayanne. I am currently sitting on my couch and it feels so weird to be doing this without Christina, let me tell you. Um, Last week, Christina and Steve recorded an episode recapping like lessons they've learned um, about their first six months as parents. And I was cracking up the entire episode. Their dynamic just kills me. I will say... At the beginning of the episode, they're like, we are drinking wine and we're laying in bed. And I am just really pissed that we did not get a photo of this. I needed to see a photo of Christine and Steve with their podcast equipment on drinking wine in bed. Um, So if you haven't listened to that one, make sure to head over and listen to that one after this, um, because today's episode... (laughs) is all about lessons learned from my first year of dating. Um, Before I get into it, I do want to say if you haven't joined our secret Facebook group, we will put the link to that in the show notes where you can request access and join us there. Like, let's continue the party. Let's build this community. Um, Also, if you haven't, and if you're enjoying this podcast, we would love it so much if you could just screenshot while you're listening and tag me at Rayan Lingus and Christina at Christina Zias. And you know what? Throw the Confident Collective in there as well, at Confident Collective, um, so we can see those and reshare because that would mean so, 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 so much to us. Um, I think that's all the housekeeping, housekeeping things I have for you. Um, let me take a sip of my wine before I get started on my lessons of dating. So to give you a little background, because when I shared on my Instagram story that I was going to be doing this, some people were like, your first year of dating? What? You're 27. I know. Um, I was in a long-term relationship from when I was, we met when we were 18 and started dating and basically dated mostly on, a little bit off, um, on again, off again, mostly on, a little off, up until last year. Um, no one really knew that we kind of got back together in, uh, during COVID. Um, well, Christina did, but some other people did too. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were basically together for eight years, um, which is my entire adult life because I did not date in high school. No guys liked me in high school or I didn't think they did. I was like, there's no way they had no interest in me. And then I met my ex-boyfriend, my freshman year of college. And we dated all throughout college after college. Um, so yes, last year, um, we ended things. Um, yeah, last year. It's been almost a year. I shouldn't say my first year of dating, but it's almost been a year. So we're rounding up because it just sounds better. Okay. Um, so that is why I'm like, this is my first year really. And first time ever dating as ever, as I'm going to say, as an adult woman, but like ever in my life, I've just never really dated because even when we were in our like break, like 
breaks, if you will, or we were not together officially. I just wasn't in a headspace today. I was so in love with him. We were still talking. We were still seeing each other. We were still intimate. So it was just like, I was not even interested. Um, so it wasn't until like we ended communication and ended seeing each other like for real, um, that I was able to start to date. And it took me a long time, not a long time, but like a few months after I had ended that communication to even like have the desire to go on a date. Like, and I think that's fine too. Like if you're out of a relationship and you don't even have the desire to date, you don't have to force it. Um, I got to a point where I was like, kind of wanted to, um, and it was kind of a mixture of wanting to, and also being like, okay, I truly believe that, you know, they say you can't get over someone until you get under someone. I know that's a little graphic, but I really don't believe you can like fully, fully get over someone until you start having experiences with new people because you're just always going to refer back to that last relationship because that's all you've known. And those are those memories. So like, you're going to keep thinking of those until you create new memories and new experiences and meet new people. So I'm going to share some lessons that I have learned, kind of my main lessons and takeaways. And then I'm going to get into some of your questions that you sent me on Instagram and give you my advice or just answer some of these questions. The first lesson, which is very appropriate as I'm like, let me take a sip of my wine is to not get too drunk on a first date. Okay. I am here to call myself out and expose myself. I am very guilty of getting too drunk on first dates. Okay. And the thing about me is that I could be absolutely wasted and no one will know. Like they'll be like, Oh, I had no, you, you did not seem drunk at all. Like we thought you were like sober. So it's like a dangerous danger. Like I need to not get drunk and not for like any, like, I mean, of course you need to be safe, but also it just really blurs your perception of someone because I am the queen of leaving first dates and being like, oh my gosh, when I, when I drink too much being like, oh my gosh, this guy was incredible. He was amazing. And then as I like go on a second date, third date, and I'm not really like drinking as much, I'm like, uh, I don't know. What did I see in that first date where I was like, oh my gosh. So I definitely am totally down to have a few drinks and like enjoy yourself on a first date. It should be fun. Um, I've gone on dates sober. I do want to say that. I do want to put that out there. I've been on coffee dates. I've been on walks, but um, <laughs> just don't get too wasted on the first date is the lesson that I have learned because I think if I told some of these guys that I've been on dates and they're like, I was hammered. Like there was this guy I was seeing in Denver who maybe I'll convince him to come on the podcast. Um, I mentioned that on my Instagram stories. Well, we'll see. I had to keep asking him the same, like on our, on our second date, he kept being like, we already talked about this. Like I already told you this. You don't remember. And I was like, so embarrassed that I had to ask the same questions over and over because I just didn't remember our conversation. Like that is bad. Okay. That is bad. I mean, Ooh, so that's my first, first lesson is don't get too wasted on your first dates. Okay. Have a drink, have a good time, but keep it together. Okay. Number two, I think 
that number two, how do I say this? Sleep with them whenever you want to sleep with them. I think that there are all these like rules that we hear, like make them wait longer, wait the three date rule. There are all these rules that have been created, which like I read that book, why men love bitches. And I did take away some lessons from it. But at one point in time, I was like, so focused on trying to be this like woman that men liked I was losing myself. So I think it's about meshing some of these like principles that I do think, which I'll talk about later when I get into the questions that I do think are important to keep in mind, but meshing them to with who you are as a person. Like I, I for a little bit there wasn't doing that. And I felt like I was just losing myself a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, she talks about in that book, like make him wait as long as possible, as long as possible, which like, That one, I just, I think I have to disagree on a little bit because I truly believe that a guy, I, and, and if you follow Tinks on TikTok, she did a TikTok about this and articulated my thoughts on it perfectly. A guy will either want to date you or he won't want to date you. And he knows that regardless of those two things, he will want to have sex with you. It doesn't matter if he wants to date you or not he will want to have sex with you. So it doesn't matter if you have sex with him on date two or date 10. If he wants to date you, he will date you. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And I think that's why it just comes down to you should have sex with them when you want to have sex with them. If you want to have sex with them on the second date, do it. But don't have sex with them on the second date if you think, oh, if I have sex with them, they're going to like me they're gonna, or you feel like you have to like only have sex with someone that you're dating when you want to. So like my friend told me one time, she like went to, she actually excused herself from the table and she went to the bathroom and she looked herself in the mirror and she said, do I want to have sex with him? Like literally think about it. Like, are you just doing it because you're drinking and having a good time? And you're like, I feel like I like him and I want him to like me. So I feel like I should have sex with him. Or do you actually just want to, or or do you not? Like, just take a minute to think about it and make your decision. And if you don't, don't even tempt yourself. Don't go back there. Get an Uber. He doesn't need to drive you home. I mean, he could, that would be kind of nice, but don't even tempt yourself. Don't go in his apartment. Go home, lock the door, go to bed, okay? But if you do want to have sex with him, just do it. And don't worry about it. And lesson number four, which I kind of touched in, sorry, no, this is three. Lesson three, which I kind of touched on lesson two, is I do think there are good dating principles. And like I said, that book I read, Why Men Love Bitches, Christine actually recommended it to me. Some of the things I will say, I feel like are a bit dated and a bit, I'm just like not into it. But I do think as I have been dating, there are certain things that are just true. Um, but you have to mesh them with who you are and your personality and don't lose your personality. And that's what I, I kind of struggled with. So like, for example, let me think of an example. Like, a lot of the core values in that book are just to be a whole complete woman and don't wait around for a man. Like, okay, if he texts you on um, a Tuesday night and is like, Hey, want to do something tonight? 
even if you're home alone watching, I don't know what we're watching, Handmaid's Tale in your pajamas with a face mask on, you're busy. Like you, that means you're busy. Like, and it's not just because it's a rule to be like, Oh, you look cool. Like, Oh, you're busy. Like you don't need to tell them, Oh, I'm home watching him and tell, or you don't need to lie and say, Oh, I'm no, I've got plans. You just say, sorry, can't tonight. I'm free next week. Let me know when and where, because this tells the man that your time is valuable and that he he wants to spend time with you. He needs to take initiative and make a plan. And that respects you. It respects your time. And so that one, it like seems like a little bit of a rule, but like it does work because you want someone who's going to value you and value your time. And if he can't make a plan ahead of time and keeps texting you these same day hangouts, you're not available because that's not the caliber of man that you're looking for. Okay. So I think that's just like one example of kind of meshing the rules with what it, what, what is right for you. I'm trying to think of times where I've struggled. Like, I feel like I've gotten better at just showing my goofy side and my personality quicker. And I didn't do that before because I was like, Oh, I've got to be this like aloof, mysterious, like girl, woman, whatever. But that's like not me. And so I can still be a badass, independent woman. I've got my own shit going on. I've got my own life and still be like this funny, goofy person because that's who I am. And that's like how I am in a relationship. Um, it does take like a little bit longer to come out, but I've been letting that side out sooner. And I used to feel like I couldn't do that because it didn't like fit with the rules. So very long winded lesson mesh these kind of principles with who you are and don't lose your personality. Number four is Oh my gosh. I am like, I think I got my numbers mixed up. I don't even know what lesson we're on. Okay. But then <laughs> the next lesson is to be open on the apps. Okay. I think that I have been very guilty of this. I see one thing one thing I'm like, Oh my God, that shirt. Absolutely not. And I'm trying to be more open-minded because think about it in person. Like, would you just, well, maybe you would write them off for their shirt in person, but come on, we give guys a hard time for being like super picky and blow whatever. I think we do the same thing. And I am just trying to be more open-minded. If I am going through his profile and there's a thing that I'm kind of like, obviously there are exceptions to this rule, ladies. Like if he's like, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But if there's something that I'm like, "Mm, really? Like he's holding a fish Mm," or like whatever it is, be open-minded. Okay. Because he could be a really great guy. Um, and just don't be too quick to swipe. No, even I've gone on dates with guys that I, did not think that I would mesh with. And we ended up having a really good time. There have been times where I was like, I'm going to give this guy a chance. And you know, he talked about Dungeons and Dragons most of the time. And I just couldn't relate. And you know, it just was like, but he was a great, nice guy, but, and I gave it a chance. So I think it's just being open-minded and not too quick to swipe left on these apps. Um, The next lesson I learned is a little bit more, personal to me. But I have realized that I really need someone who will let me 
tap into my feminine energy. I spend so much of my days, my life in my masculine energy Um, with business, with everything. I have to be very like strategic. I'm making decisions. I'm making moves. Like I am in charge of everything and I'm really in my like masculine energy. And so I'm finding that like in a romantic relationship, that's where I really want to be able to like tap into like my feminine side and kind of embrace that feminine energy. Um, and I really do need someone who's going to allow me to tap into that and bring more of a masculine energy. And this is specifically like just for me. And I think it's important to notice too, that like on a Monday in a relationship, he could very much have the masculine energy and another time I could, but I really need someone who will let me embrace my feminine energy, my feminine side. Um, the next lesson is just have fun. Like dating should be fun. Like I get it. It can be exhausting at times, but I think so many of us get caught in this mindset of we're like dating sucks. Dating is exhausting. And I'm like, if you keep saying that and you keep putting that energy out there, it is going to suck and it is going to be exhausting. So I think, and I've been in this too, but if you'll hear yourself saying that, check yourself check yourself. Maybe you need to take a little break, take a little break to recharge and kind of (laughs) let go of some of that negative energy. So you could come back to it in a more positive light because it's, it should be fun. And you know what, even if you go on a bad date, it's going to be a good story. Even if you meet a total weirdo, it's going to be a good story that you can laugh at with your friends. Like that is what life is about. You're going to have amazing experiences. You're going to have funny ones. You're going to have weird ones. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be, some of them are going to be bad. Some guys are going to suck. Like, but you know what? Like that's part of the, that's part of the journey. You can't have the highs without the lows. So I think that if you find yourself getting caught in this narrative of, I hate dating, dating sucks, take a break And then really evaluate like why you're feeling that way and see how you can flip that. Because if you're putting that out there, that is what is going to come to you. I think if you put out there that like, you're just, you know, dating is fun. You're meeting new people and all that is the energy that that's going to come to you. Um, the last lesson I learned before I get into these questions is that rejection is okay. You're going to survive. Um, just like you're not going to like everybody you go on a date with, not everybody is going to like you. And that is totally fine. And for me, as someone who is a major people pleaser and also just someone who wants everyone to like me, this is like, this is really, really hard. But I, I, and I don't know if this makes you feel better, but I've been on dates with a guy where, guys where I've never heard from them again. Like we went on a date and nothing never. And you know, that's fine. Obviously we just like, weren't a good match. And that's not to say that he was like, Oh, I thought this of her or that. Like maybe it just, what we, our energies weren't met. Like you just never know. And you're never going to know. So don't obsess over it. And everyone deals with rejection and you're going to survive. You're going to be okay. It's part of the game. Um, and every single person deals with that. Um, so yeah, those are my lessons that I have learned. I think that was seven, seven lessons. I felt like that was, um, 
a good round number. Um, and now I'm going to take another sip of my wine and get into some of the questions that you submitted to me on Instagram. Um, okay. So one of the first things you asked was the formula for the first date outfit. So what you want to do with your first date outfit is accentuate the part of you that you love the most. So the first date out, like the perfect first date outfit is going to be different for everybody. For me, I love my legs. So I always wear a mini dress or a mini skirt that's going to show off my legs. I just feel confident when like, that's just when I feel the most confident. So for me, mine is usually a mini dress, knee high boots, and like some sort of jacket or blazer. Uh, the Gen Z on TikTok roasted me for wearing a blazer on a date, but I don't care. I looked cool. I felt cool. So I wore it. And that was the worst date I've ever been on. So maybe I should wear one. But it's all about accentuating like what you feel best in. Like if you don't wear high heels on a normal basis, don't wear them out on your date because you're going to be uncomfortable and that energy is going to translate out to him or her. And it's just like, not, that's not the vibe. Like, no, 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 no. Um, so don't just, just wear, God, I'm being so repetitive. (laughs) Just wear something that accentuates your favorite part of yourself. And also that you're comfortable in, um, a great, like, you know, look could be, jeans and just like a cute jeans and a cute top. <laughs> oh my God. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I, well, uh, I, maybe you guys need to tell me some of your formulas for your first date outfit. But my, like I said, mine's a mini dress, knee high boots and a, like some sort of jacket. Um, the next question is how to find the confidence to keep dating after a bad date. First of all, know that every single person goes on bad dates. And obviously I don't know the, the level of bad that this date was. Cause I'm sure there are some that are really horrible and some that are just kind of like funny, horrible. Um, but for the ones that are just like, Oh, that was a bad date. He like, oh, I'm trying to think of like my friend went on a date. <laughs> I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this stuff. She went on a date recently where the guy picked the restaurant. He was like, meet me here at this time. Come hungry, come thirsty, the best food, the best drinks. And we were like, wow, that is like a really good start. He's taking initiative. He picked a place. Like he is like making the moves. Like this is good. And she gets there and he asks her very strange questions like, what's your most traumatic experience? And it's just like that questions that are just not appropriate really for a first date that you wouldn't share with a complete stranger. There are of course questions to ask people to get to know them, but there is just a place and a time and a first date is not the time to ask some of these questions he was asking. And then when the check came This is another tip that I should have done in my lessons. But when the check came, the waitress came over and she had one of those like machines where you just pay right there. It's not like you get the check. So she just came and was like, okay, how do you want to do this? And he kind of, the guy kind of looked at my friend and my friend looked at him and she was like, oh, I mean, I don't like, do you want to split it? And, um, he was like, yeah, we'll split it. And it was like, uh, I don't even remember. It was like 80 or a hundred dollars 
each because he picked this fancy restaurant. He picked, he, oh, and he also wanted to order everything. So my friend didn't even order. He ordered the drinks, he ordered the food, everything. And then asked to split the check. I think that is a bad, that was like, no, that's a bad date. So that's an example of a bad date where it was just like, what the heck? Oh my God. Like, and when it comes to this dating that, um, when it comes to the paying for the check thing, there was a time where like, and I guess most, there was a time where I wouldn't even look at the check. I wouldn't even, and this is still very, very almost like recent. Like I wouldn't even look at it. Like I wouldn't even offer to pay half, but I saw a video recently, um, of one of those guys that I follow on Instagram. He's like a dating expert. His name is like Matthew Hussey or something. I'll have to put him in the show notes, but he had an interesting answer on this. Um, he said that when the check comes, if you don't offer, and I'm going to butcher this, I just need to put this video in the show notes. If you don't offer to pay, you're not raised right. If he, if you don't offer to pay half, he'll think you're not raised right. If you, if he lets you pay half, he's not raised. Right. So essentially what he was saying is like, you should just offer. And his answer kind of shows you who he is. Like if he's asked you out and picked this restaurant and ordered, and then like makes you pay half, like that's not really it. That's not it. But if he's like, no, 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 of course not. Like I got this. That also speaks volume. So I don't know the whole who pays on the first date thing. I know everyone has their opinions on it. Usually I do not offer to pay. If I've been asked out, I just let them do it. Um, And honestly, I could get shit for this. I don't really know. Um, A lot of my friends offer, but then I have a lot of friends who've paid for like more than paid for these guys meals. And then like, it was a horrible date. And you know what? I just don't have time for that. Okay. So I think that knowing that everyone goes on bad dates, it's part of the journey. It's part of the experience. And I think it's also okay to take a break. Like if you had a bad date that really rattled you, take some time off and then come back when you're kind of feeling rested and ready to get back out there. You don't need to be like a dating marathon or like going on dates all the time. Um, just take some time to like recharge and reset and get your mind back into a good place before you start dating again. Um, but also just like, don't stress about it. Like dad, bad dates are going to happen. Like I think when I was training for the half marathon, the coach, um, told us like, you're going to have amazing running days and you're going to have shitty running days. What you're not going to do is let yourself obsess over those shitty running days and let that affect like the good days. So I think that applies to basically anything in life. And especially in this situation, um, you can't let a couple bad dates ruin your dating experience. Um, the next question is how to know if it's worth it while you're just starting talking to the person. I just listened to a really good podcast episode, um, Sex with Emily, an amazing podcast. If you haven't listened to it, she had on Dr. Helen Fisher, who is a biological anthropologist. um, And she's also the author of Anatomy of Love. Um, And they talked about basically, the longer you spend time with someone, the more you like them. And so I think a lot of us have gotten into this like, kind of like speed dating, rapid dating, like going on two, three dates a week. 
um, and wondering why they're not finding anyone. Like, of course you're not finding anyone. If you're going on all of these dates, you don't have time to even grow to like someone or to get to really know someone. Um, so I think that I always keep the talking stage pretty short. Like I don't need a pen pal. I don't have time for that. I don't have a desire for that. So I always try and keep that talking stage short. If they don't bring up the date um, first, I kind of will try and like drop hints. Like if he asked me like a deeper question that would require like a really long answer. Like one time this guy was asking about what I do for work and I told him and then he was like, well, where do you think you get your confidence from? And I just was like, well, why don't I tell you that over drinks? And then that let him ask me out for drinks and we could continue the conversation. Um, and I think if you go on a date with someone and you're kind of like, not like, Oh my God, that was amazing date, but not like that was a horrible date. You're kind of just like, it was okay. I don't know if you're just like, he was nice, but I don't know if you're saying that I would go on a second date because first dates are weird. They're awkward. Everyone's nervous. They are maybe not being their full true, like full comfortable self. So I would say, unless you're like, that was the worst date. I never want to see that person again. Give them a second date. I don't think we give people second dates enough. I think we are very quick to cut people off. So that that's my, my answer to that one. How to ask someone out on a date as a woman. Um, again, I'm, I used to, um, ask guys out all the time. I would make the first move all the time. I would go up to them. And I think if there is a balance here, okay? So because I do think that on a biological level, and I am not a scientist, maybe I need to have more of an expert on, but from the books I've read, the podcasts I've listened to, men do, and I'm talking about in this scenario, you know, straight men, um, and straight woman in a heterosexual relationship, men like to pursue. So I have found that you have to strike a balance of it's okay to make a move. Like one time I went up to these guys, we were in the mountains, whatever. There were these really cute guys and they were leaving. And I was like to my friend, I was like, we're just going to let them leave. Like, obviously they were looking at us. We were looking at them. Like they think we're cute. We think they're cute. So I went up to them and I was like, Hey, I think you guys are really cute. Do you guys want to, my friend, I think you're really cute. Do you want to get a drink after? So that was like me making the move. But then from that point on, I let you let them pursue you. You don't keep making the move. So I think I am trying not to ask guys out really as much anymore. I'm trying to let them lead, but I'm not saying that's like a deal breaker. It's a case by case thing. But if you ask them out, let them text you after, let them pick the place, let them do some of some of that leading, like let some of that go. Um, but if you do want to ask a guy out, I guess I don't really, it's not like anything complicated. I just, I mean, that example I just gave. And then if I, I've asked a guy out on the dating apps and I just was like, how do you feel about, I think this was COVID. I was like, how do you feel about FaceTime dates? Or, um, I was like, 
do you want to get a drink tomorrow? Like very bold. I don't know. I, maybe this one, I'm not a good, I'm not an expert on, but if you want to ask him out, just ask him out. But also realize that I don't know if that is the wisest thing. I think it is important to let the man lead and, and take charge a little bit. And when I say lead, I just mean that in the sense that men do like to pursue. Um, struggles of being with guys skinnier than you. Um, my ex-boyfriend was way less than me, was skinnier than me, way fitter than me. And he really taught me that, um, like he found me attractive. It's my own insecurities that were, that I was, that I had, that was creating, if any of that came up and like, it just didn't need to be an issue. I think you just need to realize like if a guy who is skinnier than you swiped on you or asked you out, clearly he's into you. Clearly he finds you attractive. So like there isn't an issue. The only issue is that the one that you're creating in your head, like I just think skinny guys and really fit guys can like women of all sizes. Like we all have preferences. So if he is showing you by asking you out, by liking your photo, by giving you compliments, like just take it and receive it and appreciate it. And don't be like, Oh, like, why do you like me? Like, but you're so this and I'm not. And like, no, don't do that. Like he's clearly telling you that he finds you attractive. So there is nothing like, there's literally nothing to be insecure about. The next question is how to get over first date jitters. Um, if anyone knows, please tell me because I do not know. Um, (laughs) I don't think there is a way to get over first date jitters. I was actually just DMing one of you the other day who was like, please tell me, like, give me the confidence to go on a first date. Like I want to cancel. I haven't been on a date in forever. The first date I went on after being with my ex for eight years I felt like I was going to vomit. I can't even tell you how nervous I was. I was like shaking. I felt sick. I was like, like it was a full body panic experience. Okay. And the only way to get over that is to go on the date. If you cancel, guess what? The next one, you're going to have that again. The only way to get more confident in dating and to for those jitters to become less, I don't think they ever go away, but to become less terrifying is to go on the date. So you may as well just stop putting it off and just go on the date. So I think that like now I get like kind of a little nervous to go on dates, but like, it's like a good little, like butterflies in your stomach, but it's not like this overwhelming all day sense of like dread and panic. (laughs) Like it was at the beginning. And I think like having like butterflies, is like good. And usually nine times out of 10, once you get on the date and you start talking and you're laughing and break the ice, whatever, those are going to go away. Um, I will say when I, at the very beginning too of my dating, like I went on a date with this guy once and I picked up my wine glass and was drinking it. And my hand was just shaking. Like the wine was just like rattling in the glass because I was shaking. And then he saw it and I was like, Oh my God, I am so awkward. I just want to die. Um, but the only way I'm telling you, the only way to get for these like jitters and to be less nervous to go on dates is to just go on them. So bite the bullet, stop canceling and go on these dates. Okay. Um, 
do to do next question. What have you found that you want out of a future relationship and something you don't want? (sighs) I have found that I, this is hard. Um, granted, I want to say that I've been dating for a year, but I have not gotten serious with anyone in this year. Um, it takes a lot for me to like someone and to let them in. Um, I have not gotten like past kind of like the five, six date stage. Um, and I think, but just looking back on my past relationship and I've done a lot of work in therapy and read a lot of books and listened to a lot of podcasts on relationships. And I realized there was a bunch of shit that I realized I was doing that I was putting all on him a hundred percent. But looking back on that relationship, I think that what I want out of a future relationship is truly someone to do life with. And I don't mean that we need to do everything all the time together because I also have learned that I think it's very important to continue to be independent people together. Um, but in my past relationship, we were, we just lived like separate lives. Um, and I really want someone to like do life with and have fun with and experience like the things that I love to do, like going out to a bar and like doing karaoke and laughing and like, um, going just the the silly, crazy things I like to do. I've never experienced with someone that I've been in a romantic relationship with. And so I really am wanting to have fun with someone. I think that's what it comes down to. I think that was kind of lacking in my past relationship. We just didn't really have fun outside of like our own personal, just him and I, we did have a little fun, but I definitely want fun. I want laughter. I want to make crazy memories and get into silly situations that I do like with my friends, but I kind of also want that in a romantic relationship. Um, something I don't want is someone with an avoidant attachment style <laughs> um, because it really makes me insecure. Also, I, I, I need someone who um, is willing to listen to my love language, which is quality time. Um, I think that understanding each other's love language is very important. Um, and that's step one. Step two is understanding if you're willing to work on that. And if you're not, I just don't think it's really going to work. Um, in my past relationship, like I said, my love language was quality time. And I basically spent what I felt years of my life begging for someone's time and begging for someone's attention. And when I let go of that and was free of that, it was the most freeing experience. I, the most freeing thing I've ever felt. Um, so I think that answers that question. I don't want someone who doesn't want to spend time with me. Um, tips on approaching men in the wild. Um, well, like I said, sometimes I think I'm a little bit bolder, maybe too bold. And I just will go up to them. Like I said, went up to that group of guys and was like, that's one example. Like, Hey, we think you're really cute. Can we meet you for a drink? Um, I think that you need to create, like, let's say you're at a bar because now things are opening up or a concert or something where you're in that environment where you're meeting people or even at a coffee shop, um, you need to create a space where you can make contact. So like if you're sitting on the opposite side of a bar and you see this guy that you like, like 
step one, try and make eye contact. Eye contact is, is big catches. eye catch like step one, step two, if he's standing by the bar, go up to the bar to order a drink and go next to him. Or if he's like standing by the napkins, go up there and grab a napkin. And while you're there, give him a compliment on something like, Oh my gosh, I love your shirt. Or those shoes are so cool. Like start that. And then it's in, in his hands. If he's interested to continue that conversation, but you have created that space. You've made the eye contact. You've created that space where contact can happen. And then it's like, he's got to do a little work as well. Um, so I think those are my main tips on how to approach, approach guys in the wild. Cause if you're just sitting over there the bar with your group of six girlfriends and he's on the other side, he's not going to come over. Absolutely not. Maybe once in a blue moon, but it's not going to happen. You have to create that space of where contact can overlap. Um, next question. Have you hooked up on a first date? I have not hooked up on a first date. Well, no, I haven't. I have hooked up on a second date. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to this, actually, this is kind of funny. I, (laughs) maybe this is TMI. No, I was, so I obviously spent like three months in Denver and, um, was dating and seeing people there. And I would like come home from dates and my dad would be like, I made cookies or like my parents were watching a movie and I'm like, can't look them in the eyes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. Bye. Oh my gosh. It was horrible. Being a 20, wow. Pandemic dating and you're 27 year old life is just wild. I was like, okay guys, bye. Don't look at me. Okay. Um, anyway, I have on the second date. Uh, another question is, which is kind of fitting in the similar category is how to have confidence in bed. Um, I really, I really want to get a sex therapist on here. I really want to have someone to come in and talk about confidence in the bedroom. Um, because I'm not an expert, but I think that if a guy's in bed with you, you're, you're there, honey, have a good time. Embrace it. The most sexy thing is just embracing your body. And I guarantee you if he's, you know, he's not looking at your stomach rolls. He's just not like you look hot. You are in this intimate sexual experience. Like you are sexy. Like I think about, I'm not looking at his stomach. I'm not thinking about, oh my God, does his arm look fat? Like I'm not, I'm not thinking about that, but that's what we think they're thinking about us. I, men can't even freaking remember to take the trash out and go to the grocery store. They can't multitask. I'm sorry, but they can't be doing that and critiquing our body. It just isn't going to happen. I just don't think that they are that advanced. And maybe that's mean of me to say, but I said it. I just don't think that they are, while they're doing that, while they're having sex with you, I just don't really think that they care. So I think that all you're doing by getting hung up on that is making it less fun for you. So just like breathe, let it out and enjoy the moment. Have fun. Focus on how you're feeling. Focus on what's like happening, what's going on, not on what does my stomach look like right now or what's happening. Does he like, I think, and again, this comes with practice. This comes with practice letting go. So just own it. I think fake it till you make it is also one thing I'm going to say here. Fake it till you make it act like, I don't know if you've seen, which I'm sure you have. What's that Amy Schumer movie where, um, 
Oh my God, I'm blanking on the name where basically she's in soul cycle and she hits her head. And then she like thinks she's like a Victoria's secret model. Like, and the confidence that she had in her true body was so attractive. Like I honestly think that is so true. Like if you act like you are the hottest piece of ass this man has ever seen, he's going to think it. So just do it. Just own it. Wow. I didn't think we were going to get so much into sex, but here we are. Um, how to overcome rejection. I think I need to do a whole episode on this. Um, so I'm going to do a TBD because to be honest, I have not had to deal with the rejection. That sounds bad. I have had, I've been ghosted. I've, I, I, I've been ghosted. I've been kind of breadcrumbed and fizzled out where guys are obviously just like not into it, whatever. But I have not again, liked someone where then they have ended things apart from my long-term relationship. Um, which I think is a little bit different. Ending a long-term relationship like that is a bit different than rejection with dating of someone you've been dating for a couple months. Um, and I kind of want to have some other girls on to kind of talk about this because I think this is a bigger conversation in a bigger episode. So I'm going to have to say, hold tight on this one. Okay. Um, one more question that I got is, do you feel self-conscious going out with super fit guys? Um, no, absolutely not. Um, I love going out with super fit guys. I go out with, um, all types of guys. Um, and I, I, I don't feel self-conscious and I think it is because my ex was in the fitness industry and was literally very, very fit. I think that, um, for me, it's not even about that. It's about making sure that they are able to have like a balanced life and want to have fun. Um, Cause like if the gym is their personality, I just think that's something that like we just won't really have like mesh with because obviously like I love going to the gym and I love working out, but, um, I also love so many other things. And I think that you have to give those guys a chance to show that, but, um, just making sure that you have other things, um, in common, but yeah, girl, go for it. If you a curvy queen, go for the chiseled six pack, go for whatever you want. Um, this is a good one and one that I don't really have an answer to how to not obsess over someone. Every time I start crushing, I turn into an obsessive maniac. Am I the only one? Honey, you're not the only one. I kind of am the same. Um, it's bad. My mom was like one time she was like, Rand, you're kind of obsessive. And I was like, ouch. But like, you're not wrong. Um, I, I prefer to use the word passionate. Um, and I think that's maybe why I haven't let myself get super serious with someone because I literally think about them constantly. I want, I like, I do become obsessive. And Alice, who um, read our birth charts on, if you haven't listened to that episode, you need to go listen to that episode after this and book a reading with her to get your birth chart read. That's one of the first things she said with me, said for me, she's like, you're kind of obsessive when it comes to uh, relationships. Um, so I think it's okay. I think it's just learning to like, I mean, this sounds bad and this might be bad advice, but I, and this kind of leads into the next question. I like to date multiple people at one time and I'm not saying like tons of people, but talking and dating until, because it just helps me not become so obsessive just on one person. And I think this is a balance. And I think that 
every situation is different, but that is one thing that has helped me. I call it the roster. I've got to have the roster full with like four people. Um, and maybe this is horrible advice. Cause like I said, I have not been in a relationship yet since my long-term relationship besides like casually dating, but I, that has helped me to not become super obsessed with one person. And I just think when you start, just don't let yourself th- sit there and think about them. Don't stalk their Instagram. Don't check their freaking. I don't even know people's Facebook anymore. Don't check their Facebook. Like don't just don't, don't let yourself stop yourself have some self-control, divert your mind, divert your action, go do something, go for a walk. Like just don't let yourself sit in it. Cause then it'll just that obsessive will grow. Um, the next question, which I said kind of leads into that is, uh, dealing with guilt with dating with multiple people. I think that it's completely fine to like be dating multiple people until that conversation is said. Granted, if you're like four months in, I think that conversation should be had and you're dating multiple people. It's all about communication. If your partner or one of the people that you're seeing says to you, like asks you about it, like you need to be honest and upfront with like, Hey, I am not looking to just like be exclusive right now. I am dating other people. Just be honest about it. Um, I don't think you need to feel guilty about that at all. As long as you're open and upfront. Um, there's nothing to feel, feel guilty about. I think dating multiple people is a very common thing. And like I said, nothing to feel guilty about as long as you're open and communicate, communi- communicative, communicative. Is that a word? Communicative. Um, so yeah. Okay. The last couple. I've got the last couple here. Um, feeling nostalgic for old fashioned dating, not on the apps. <sighs> I get it. I think that, um, well, actually I don't get it. I think that like, we love to complain about the apps. Um, but you know what? I think if you talk to your grandparents or parents, like they would complain about their way of dating too. Like there's always something to complain about. Um, and I think that the apps are just a tool to meet people. Um, Helen Fisher, who I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, she said that the dating dating apps are just ways to meet people. They're not actually dating apps. They're introduction apps. Um, and I think that it's okay to want to meet someone in person, but it's okay to also be on the apps. People have like, I wonder how many marriages have happened because of the apps. Like, I just think that you need to let go of this like idea of like, Oh, I don't want to meet someone on the apps. Like, I just think that's closed minded and kind of lame. Um, and I think that just being open to meet someone in person, meet someone on the apps, like you could meet someone anywhere. Um, and I think, as I think that if you say that you really do want to meet someone in person, as Christina has told me many times, like he's not going to come knock on your door. Um, you need to take proactive steps to meet people in person, put yourself out there, especially the world is opening up. Like if your friend invites you out, go out. If your friend invites you to a party, go to a party. Um, if you're not invited anywhere, go sit at a coffee shop and work. Like you have to put yourself out in the world in situations where you can meet people, go to a fitness class, go to a gym, go for a walk, sit at the, read at the park. Like you have to 
make conscious decisions to put yourself out into the world where you can meet people. And then when you're out there, you can't just be sitting there scrolling on your phone. You have to be approachable. You have to be open. Um, and I think that we say like, Oh, I just want to meet someone in person, but we're not really taking, we're not really being open to meeting someone in person. So I get it. The apps can be exhausting, but don't, don't write them off. And if you want to meet someone in person, I think you got to put in a little bit of work. Um, another person asked, what are some green flags when you're dating? Uh, they make a reservation for the restaurant they give you a concrete date and time for the date. They make plans in advance. Um, they text you back. Better yet, they call you. Um, they are communicative. Oh my God, why? that word is really tripping me up, you guys. Damn. Um, but those are all things that I, I see as, as green flags. Those are all very, very good things. Um, some red flags that I've experienced is if he talks poorly about other women, um, whether it's, I've been on a date with a guy who calls his sister a bitch. Um, for me, that was it. They talk poorly about other women. For me, that's a, that's a really big red flag. Uh, they, for me, if they don't offer to pay, that's a red flag, but that's, I know the pay thing is kind of like taboo, but whatever. Um, Another red flag, I mean, if he cancels last minute, if he has to hang out with you the same night, um, like doesn't make plans in advance. Um, I mean, there could be, there are a lot of red flags, but we'll just stick to those green ones. We'll stick to the positive. Um, and then the last, the last topic, Bumble openers. So one girl I follow on TikTok, um, is her username is finding Mr. Height. She has a lot of like great app tips, um, that I just think are good. Um, and I'll actually put in the show notes, some of my favorite accounts, Instagram and TikTok accounts to follow for like dating advice and things like that, that, that I, I just find entertaining and sometimes helpful. Um, but Bumble openers, one for me that I like to use is truth or dare. I think it's like a fun way to get the conversation started. And like one of, like, for example, a dare would be send me the third to last photo in your camera roll and like no cheating, whatever it is. Um, that's like one of the dares. Um, truth or dare is fun. I can't think of any like truth. What are other truths that I've done? Um, usually like I'll pull something from their profile or something like that, but truth or dare also the girl finding Mr. H Mr. Height, she, um, had a good one. She was like, it's great to create a scenario where you're together. So you're like, uh, here's her formula that seems to have worked for, for me too. So she starts with sending a first message. That's like, Steve, I don't know why I just said Steve. I'm the <laughs> Christine and Steve. Steve, big question for you. Dot dot dot. Send that. Then they'll send back like, ooh, do tell. Question mark. What is it? Like you'll get it. And then you'll create a scenario where you're together. Like if he says he loves road trips in his profile or something, you can be like, all right, we're on a road trip. What song are you playing? Like, or what what play what's on your playlist? top three songs on your playlist or we're at a restaurant. What appetizer are you ordering for the table? Like create a scenario where you're together and then ask them like just like a fun, lighthearted question to get the conversation going. Those are kind of my approaches on, um, 
Bumble to get the conversation started. Um, but honestly, I've been using Hinge more recently um, than Bumble. But I've been so busy recently. I haven't really been swiping. I need to get back. I need to get back swiping. Um, and maybe I'll come back with some more Bumble openers, but I do want to do more of these like dating episodes um, and dive more into some of these topics like confidence in bed and how to get over rejection because I just think we can have some really great conversations on these topics. So stay tuned. We will be doing more episodes around this. Um, I can't believe I just talked for like 56 minutes by myself. My mouth is dry. Wow. Um, but I hope that you found this episode helpful, insightful. If you want to, we really, really appreciate your feedback. So if you, um, could send me a DM and let me know what you liked about this episode, or if you have constructive criticism too, that is also welcome. Um, so just let me know. Um, and as I said, in the beginning of the episode, if you are enjoying the podcast, please screenshot and share to your Instagram story and be sure to tag uh, Christina, myself and the Confident Collective um, so we can see those and reshare. And we're just super, super appreciative of when you do that. It means the world to us. Um, also, please rate and review if you haven't. That also is ah, means the world to us. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, I, I really do hope that you enjoyed this episode. I think it's like, it's the wild, wild west out there with dating. Um, but just remember to have fun. You're not alone. You know, we got this, um, enjoy it while you can. So that is all of my knowledge I have to share with you for now. I'm sure I will learn a lot more as I am still out there, but that's what I got for you now. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be back next week with Christina and I back together again. So stay tuned. Um, But until then, have a great week um, and we will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.